Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Hello and welcome to another edition of our World Cup podcast back home with me, Paul Hawksby. And me, Andy Jacobs. And today we bid farewell to tournament favourites, Brazil. We'll pick the bones out of Argentina's Messi and Martinez-inspired victory over the Dutch. Plus, the Telegraph's Jim White uh, gives us his take on today's uh, World Cup stories. The French football expert Eric Bilderman returns ahead of tomorrow's game. And Kieran Trippier reveals which player has possibly the worst nickname of all time. Yes. So, yeah, we join you just <laughs> seconds after the end of the Argentina-Netherlands game. And at one point, Andy, we were contemplating uh, a World Cup semi-final between uh, the Netherlands and Croatia, in <laughs> oh, which case God. neither side would have crossed the halfway line for 90 minutes, <laughs> yeah. actually 120 minutes. Uh, it was it was good that Argentina went through because, uh, and it was exciting. That was a great game, all in all. Yeah. You know, and credit to the Dutch for coming back. But this afternoon's game, I was going mad. Croatia just drive me mad. I hate them. Now I admire what they do. They're brilliant at what they do, and I yeah. love them as a people. You know, one of my best friends is Croatian. Genuine. Yeah, and I they are cannot... fiercely proud of the fact oh, that yeah. they are a tiny nation that punch absolutely. above their weight. You know, oh, less less of a population than Scotland, and look at how they punch above their weight. But having got that out of the way, I can't stand them. No. I, I really can't stand the way they play. So they only play when they when when they need to, and suddenly they've got good players. Of course, they have Modric and Kovacic and people like that. They were but, always he's going to play like that though we were talking about it yesterday we knew that's the game the only way they were going to beat Brazil you know sometimes you can't go toe-to-toe with a team like Brazil when you're Croatia you've got to you've got to work it your way and they did it and it kind of played into their hands didn't it it did it did so you know I haven't got many notes from that game because it was actually terrible it was I fell asleep in extra time it was only a Neymar that woke me up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> honestly but uh, there was actually one of my friends pointed out to me i went back and looked at it that when croatia scored there was a bloke behind the goal and he started celebrating but then he was like more concerned about trying to get his vape working oh really <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> so, come on mate be in the moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's an awful lot of that isn't it there? there's people yeah. there was di- di- distraught argentina fans after they equalized then they saw themselves on the screen started waving and smiling <laughs> it's great isn't it it's difficult but uh Messy, I mean, you got. It. I mean, the people were complaining on certain social media about the BBC waxing lyrical. But you have to say the bloke, yeah, he does that thing. He makes you make noises. 
Yeah, are involuntary. <laughs> Give us some of the noises you made then while Messi was uh, playing. I've written down. I can't really replicate it. But you, oh, oh, you know, just sort of like oh, okay. You know, not, but just, I don't like the faces you're making currently <laughs> as you do that. I'm slightly, slightly troubled. You've you've opened a portal on your life. I, I did write really down. I can't open. even. I tried to replicate it. I thought no, I can't replicate it. It just happens. It's a, it's an amazing thing, and a great finish by Molina or Alfred as he's known in the dressing room. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I was it kind of contemplating thinking, I don't think I can take another 90 minutes of Croatia. It'll be like clockwork orange. Having to have your eyes forced open. Um, I know. They are. Yeah. It's terrible. But look, Argentina, that's their problem. They're going to have to break them down. And it'll be about Messi when it'll be about yeah. him. And, you know, so. And uh, the referee, though, oh, um, Laos, again, he's just, he's one of those kind of showbiz refs. Whenever he does a game, you always know it's going to be about him. Mm. Actually, I, I, just, yeah. I thought he was terrible. I mean, I, I, I can't see Miguel Dean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is in the Miguel Dean envelope. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there was this. I've written. I had a note here where I said, "What a strange yellow card when a, the defender deliberately punched it." And I thought, "Was that is the most blatant handball of the World Cup until Messi did his, and the ref yeah. didn't book book it." I'm mean, what was that? But basically, caught it. And he, did, he said, "Oh no, I'm not, I'm not going to book him. It's Messi." But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was very, very exciting. I was thinking there were some funny moments when Jonathan Pierce said, Messi breathing hard there. He might have been windy. And I was thinking, no, he actually ran for five <laughs> seconds. <Yeah. laughs> it really. I, I've had an idea about him. This is a good idea, actually, that he should be allowed to bring his dog or a mate on the pitch with him because he's allowed to accompany him on his walks. Yeah. <laughs> It, it is nice. It is nice. Or if he just kind of wears a little Apple watch or something like that, yeah. might be quite his nice. Steps. So he can measure his steps <laughs> for the game. Yeah. It was it was interesting, wasn't it? Uh, some lovely uh, Martin Keown moments. Uh, he called uh, the, the break after full time before extra time, the interval. I don't know if he ordered <laughs> interval drink for him and JP. I had usherettes there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just if they, you know, can have uh, Jonathan have a beer and uh, he'll have a glass of red, <laughs> I would imagine. And Definitely. a lovely contemporary reference Mr. Uh, Martin gave us. He was talking about when they brought on uh, Veg Horses, and it's like the land of the giants. I thought, hadn't been on telly since 1970. <laughs> nice one Fair for enough, the kids really, there. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Veghorst, somebody very quickly on social media put up a goal he scored for Wolfsburg, which was exactly the same, where the ball was played into his feet. Clever little goal. And he, maybe he just said in training, let's try the old, but mate, it does take some guts to take a free kick like that in the dying oh, yeah. seconds. Because if it doesn't work, oh, yeah, you'll be pilloried forever, oh, yeah. won't you? That's true. By trying but, something like that. But they, somebody put up a thing so that he scored two in 20 games for Burnley and two in 20 minutes for Holland. So Netherlands rather. So yeah. it was it was incredible, really. And uh, another one talking about nicknames, Rodrigo de Paul. Known as Lindsay in the dressing room, of course. <laughs> no, lovely well, well, for the Land teenagers. of the Giants type <laughs> reference there from. Uh, from I've uh, even you. got a cricket reference for today, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. What was that? Did you see the cricket this morning? It was very good, actually. I did. I saw you. Yeah, he was that yeah. new bowler, wasn't it? Mystery yeah, bowler. Seven, seven for, yeah, seven. Seven for, yeah. Fantastic. Our mystery spinner is Jack Leach. The only mystery is why is he actually in the team? But <laughs> 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 well, that's by the by. Um, um, yeah. Anything else we noticed? Um, uh, I, oh, I I'll did. tell you what, my, my friend yes. did. She sent me a video during the game of her street. She lives on the, in Argentina, Buenos Aires, in a really busy road. It's like a th- three lanes either side. It's, it's always got traffic and people in it. Absolutely deserted, except for one bloke 
And really? we worked it out that he must be one of those superstitious types. You know, there are people like Gilo who can't watch the game. They go and walk in the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wander That's around what... the streets. So we thought he might, he might be one of those. Yeah. It was incredible. So we've anyway, started, I'll tell you who's really been upset by the extra time and penalties and the fact we've started this podcast half an hour late. My dog. <laughs> normally at this stage we go i'm finished and we're going for a walk and she normally sits there quietly while i'm doing it she's just wandered up now i'm having to make a bit of a fuss of her yeah, because she's yeah she's not happy yeah oh, she's God. not happy i mean she she craps on the carpet I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm blaming argentina's yeah. poor defending from that set piece so uh, some of the other things uh, we'll, we'll go in we'll talk about england later on with eric bilderman but have you seen uh dana white from the world of uh, mma I don't think he's going to be working on the American TV coverage uh, when the World <laughs> Cup comes along. He's, I don't know if you're aware of this. No, no, I'm not. He's not a massive, he's not a massive football fan. Let me oh, tell okay, you. Right. Let me find exactly what he said, having watched some of the World Cup. Um, where's it gone? If only I could find it. Oh, typical. Oh, there it is. He says, Dana White, I can't stand soccer. I think it's the least talented sport on earth. There's a reason three-year-olds can play soccer, okay? You run around and kick a ball. Do you know how untalented you have to be to score three points when the net is this big? And I thought, well, for a bloke who <laughs> yeah. organises, um, you know, pub fights, pub, effectively. Pub fight, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why I've written down, you pub know, fight. Pub fights. Yeah. I think it's, it's a bit rich, isn't it? But do oh, look yeah. out for uh, Dana on the coverage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, pounding somebody in the head when they're already knocked out does take a bit of athletic skill, I always feel. <laughs> it certainly uh, does, yeah, yeah. Jay, Whether that's Jay... in the Rosen Crown or in the Octagon, really. <laughs> I love these England fans. I've, I've been reading some, some of the letters they've written. I love yeah. the ones that are, are angry we've got this far. Like Jay Pullin of Plumstead has said, oh, I'm surprised they got to the last eight. They're useless, like the manager. <laughs> Come oh, on, mate. It's great, <laughs> it's great, great isn't it? It, <laughs> it is great. <laughs> Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. So, of course, tomorrow England uh, play France and it's a game we're all very much looking forward to. We've had an awful lot of talk over the last few days. And uh, last time we spoke to our next guest, uh, it wasn't confirmed that uh, England would be uh, their opponents. They were still to play Senegal, but of course. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric Bilderman, who joined us from Le Keep around that time, said he would happily come back and look at the game where at England-France. And he's true to his word. Hi, Eric. Hi, good evening. Yeah, we've just, we were just saying it's a late one for you now, being an hour ahead, but so you can't go to straight to bed after that uh, Argentina-Netherlands uh, game. I mean, what, what did you make of that? You know, uh, all the afternoon and the evening was such a, a thrill. Suddenly, uh, the legend of the World Cup uh, was back. Uh, these two games and mainly the first one, uh, Brazil-Croatia, I guess in 10 years or 20 years on, uh, we might remember it uh, as a kind of a classic. Um, really? I wouldn't remember oh, yeah, it 20 we... minutes after it finished, mate. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a terrible game. <laughs> terrible no. game. Yeah, when you see Brazil uh, being, being uh, out of the World Cup, it's always, uh, for the winner, is always a legendary Oh yeah, uh, that's story. true. For, yeah. for the second one, uh, if Holland had beaten uh, Argentina, that might be, have been a classic because in the same day we would have lost uh, the two South American, but mainly we would have lost Neymar and Messi. Would just have been uh, reminding remaining uh, Kylian Mbappe as a, as, as a world uh, uh, world class player was said as a joke. Yeah, I mean, I think we all would have said, "Oh, the romance of the World Cup to, to not get the 
semi-final, everybody wanted Brazil, Argentina, had the Netherlands and Croatia both won. But ultimately, when we were watching the match, and neither of them had crossed the halfway line after an hour, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we would have been sitting there saying, "Oh God, this is terrible." Um, so, look, we do know it's Argentina now, but um, an awful lot of people have been saying, in light of the fact that Brazil went out earlier on today, Eric, that that the winner of this World Cup is going to come from the winner of the game tomorrow evening between France and England. Wow. Yeah, I, we had an interview this morning uh, with Arsene Wenger, who was uh, saying it, so saying this is the final before the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a bit of a uh, diplomatical uh, answer. Uh, first, uh, the winner of uh, tomorrow night will have to face, I guess, Portugal. And Portugal is the kind of European Brazil. And uh, we might have a, a semi-final, quite a, a very challenging one for, for the winner of two before uh, to think about beating Argentina or beating Croatia. So uh, Absolutely. we have to pick, to keep... Uh, uh, I don't know to say uh, relax. Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, Portugal were fabulous in their last performance. Yeah. Yeah. No one will fancy that. It well, it depends what, what Portugal we see, guys, isn't it? Because, you know, with the jeopardy of knockout football, will they kind of revert to type or will they be the Harlem Globetrotters again, Eric? I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens in their game. Yeah, I, I think uh, that uh, they, they have sold for good the Ronaldo case. I don't see him uh, back in the first 11 and uh, I think uh, it's like a, a, refresh, a refreshment and a, and, a, and a reset in, the, in the, the philosophy and in the mind of this team. And I don't expect them uh, to play negative football or to play shy football. I mean, uh, they have seen the, the Morocco is just there for, for trying to go to the draw, to just, just defending. Uh, what they have achieved in the last round maybe will have, uh, mentally speaking, uh, killed most of the players, and I do believe that they should win with uh, quite a large margin. Yeah, I think so too. Look, we should look towards tomorrow night. Before we get on to the actual game, what I wanted to ask you, Eric, is here the build up, very much led by our tabloid newspapers, is to sort of have a, a different story every day. So, last yesterday, they found Killian Mbappe's cousin a guy who's in Leicester, who's called Kylian Mbappe. He's a mem- like second cousin or something. <laughs> and then to, apparently they sent a guy to Paris to stand in front of uh, the Eiffel Tower with a, a England flag and all this. I mean, do your papers do any of this? No. No, you know. We... <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, we, we don't have the tabloid culture. Uh uh, I, I I like the tabloid culture because sometimes it can it can be funny, sometimes it can be very dirty. But uh, I, I was for 25 years working in England for following Premier League, mainly Man United. So I'm not I'm not too negative about about this. And uh, uh, the, the the thing is that uh, we don't see that game as a real classic. Uh, for us, uh, the real classic is when we do play Germany. Um, in football, we have had so many sorrows, so many dirty nights or sometimes uh, happy nights uh, against Germany that this game is always reminding us uh, to be a bit aggressive on the headlines or to be a bit uh, uh, joking about it. For this one, we just think this is a very hedge game, 50-50, and Mm. we are just really focusing on football. 
It's interesting. There's been a lot of talk about Harry Kane and Hugo Lloris knowing each other very well. But Harry Kane was saying in the press conference today that he's rarely taken penalties against Lloris. Whenever they do penalty practice at Tottenham, it's against the second or third keeper. He's, yeah. He says, I, I can't even remember taking pens in training against Lloris. And it's been seen as a bit of a head-to-head, that one. I mean, but I do sense a real respect from the French N4 for the England team. I mean, so many of the players know each other and play against or with each other, that there is a healthy respect, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It's really a matter of football. Uh, as you say, some of our guys do play in Premier League and uh, some of the, 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 the players are, are friends together. Uh, we don't have any bitterness or any anger or any bad memories playing England. Um, recently, uh, we did publish uh, on the social network, also on TV, when France did play at Wembley a couple of days after uh, the, the dramatic 2015 terrorism attack in Paris. And we do remember Wembley, uh, 100,000 English fans singing La Marseillaise. Uh, mm. We are more focusing about quite a, a, a challenging game, but a fair play game. Um, the, there is no acrimony at all. And for the players, uh, the, the, the question is the pride when they will go to the dressing room uh, end of, of December. If Lloris uh, save a penalty against Harry Kane, uh, it will be an easier task for him than uh, the opposite side. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough, really. So, so we should, uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Eddie, what were you going to say? No, we should ask Eric finally what he really thinks is going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Best I mean, are you, are you going to be able to, are you working on this game, Eric? Will you be um, are you broadcasting or will you, can you sit and enjoy it with a glass? So I say enjoy. I mean, yeah, no, the, the, this weekend I am uh, focusing on motor racing for, for my newspaper, even oh. if there is not big news, but I, I am on duty on the motor racing. I will work for the semi final on the French TV. Uh, for that one, I will have uh, a glass of champagne ready for the. For the end of the game, or maybe just a glass of uh, of uh, tap water. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. Talksport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hawksby and 
Jacob's Daily World Cup podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Well, we haven't caught up with one of the regular guests on the show during this World Cup yet. He's been out in Qatar working for uh, The Telegraph and he's just returned home. I mean, catching his breath like us after today's uh, quarterfinals. It is, of course, Jim White. Hello, Jim. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Yes, good, good, good. Um, I suppose before we before we talk about the, the matches, I mean, you were out there for a, two or three weeks working for The Telegraph. What, what were your overall impressions of, of the tournament? Was it better than you expected? The football's been really good. I've seen, saw some really terrific matches, really enjoyed myself out there football-wise. Been very well organised. Um, as somebody said to me, uh, you know, you never see any litter on the on the uh, on the trains, uh, the metro system in Doha. Well, it helps if you've got a, a slave labour army uh, working <laughs> on it. I, mm. I'm honestly not kidding. Every yeah. day you saw someone polishing the platform. Mm. You don't see that at Tottenham Court Road, do you? Polishing yeah. the platform. More, more's the pity, I say. <laughs> 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 Go on, Andy. Yeah, no, I'm joking. But what about the no alcohol thing? Because it was interesting. Mark Pugetch did a bit, uh, sort of quite. He's how conflicted he was in, in being there and enjoying it, and not you know, and all the other su- stuff that's so bad about it. Uh, but made the point that no alcohol does make a difference, doesn't it? It was interesting. There was actually uh, in the press center, the main press center, there was a bar <laughs> where you could get a can of Budweiser. Uh, for nine quid and one of the guys from the daily mirror they'd hired a car and he went and filled the car it wasn't a big car i mean it wasn't a sort of four by four or anything it wasn't a big car but it was you know it was a i don't know a renault or something like that and he filled the car and it cost less to fill the car than two cans of of bud. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, so if it was, if there was booze, it was unbelievably expensive. Mm. And yeah, I think it did slightly uh, reduce the tensions. Um, I think there's only been one issue, which was involving Morocco fans uh, trying to get into the game um, the other night against Spain. I think that's the ticketless Moroccan fans. I think that's literally been the only example and um there's this uh there's this what they call the souk which is um mm. downtown in doha and it looks like an old school thing but it's about as authentic as madonna's face actually <laughs> um, it was built in 2006 mm. um anyway there everyone just piles in and during the early stages it was absolutely rammed and you'd see gangs of Tunisian fans and huge hordes of Moroccan fans and so on. And, and because there was no booze, and maybe the Tunisians and Moroccans wouldn't booze anyway, it, it seemed very calm and, and, and didn't get quite as overexcited as it sometimes can here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to move on to today's games. And one of the big stories to come out of uh, the, 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 the Brazil match against Croatia was the fact that Neymar didn't take a penalty. We saw Messi step up and take the first one uh, this evening. Uh, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, Marquinhos has never, ever taken a penalty before in his life. <laughs> and he goes up to take that one. Surely at what point is Neymar thinking... Yeah, maybe I better step up and make sure we score this one. Because I mean, he wanted it, the glory. He's an egomaniac. He wanted wow. the glory of the winning penalty. Wow, I mean, yeah, that's but it's mayhem. it's it's ridiculous. I bet you, if it goes to penalties, uh, 
t- tomorrow night, uh, Harry Kane will take the first England penalty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the first penalty is so important. Um, we saw that with, with with the Dutch missing, with 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 the Brazilians missing. You gotta you gotta get it in. It gotta score the first penalty. And you know, you might as well be Neymar. I know I know what you're saying, Andy. It's uh, it's I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who scores the winner. But sometimes you're not gonna be in that position. And and tonight was one of them. I think that was a most peculiar call by him. He should have taken taken the ball off that and and gone up and taken it. Surely. He said it's his last World Cup. He's had enough of football. I suppose they did it. Just probably asked him, does he just stepped off the pitch? Well, in, yeah, in the immediate <laughs> moments, the coach has stepped down, but he said he was going to step down anyway. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was just... I mean, look, it's it's a shame to have lost them because when they turn it on, they are a joy to watch. I'm not altogether sure they did quite enough today, uh, but Croatia are a tough watch, aren't they? That, the bottom line purely is a neutral from an entertainment point of view. The idea of another 90 minutes of Croatia does not fill me with a great deal of excitement. I don't know about you, Jim. I know. They, they have been doing it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Luka Modric was part of the Croatia team that did England at uh, Wembley in 2007. You remember the Wally and the... With the yeah, yeah. Wally and, yeah, and, yeah. and so on. And he's still doing it. I mean, it's quite incredible that Modric you know, is still going, still still driving them forward. Uh, but you're right, they're not. And I tell you what, if if Holland had won, that semi-final between Croatia and Holland would have had about 15 people at it. Yeah. I, think there's, I think there's a thousand uh, Croatians and about 1,700 Dutch um, at the, uh, and you know, it's at the Lucelle Stadium, which holds 80,000. At least with the Argentinians there, the place will be full. Uh, which would be, you know, they'll make a lot of noise. Uh, but you're right, Croatia. I don't know. They're, they're hard. They're hard to beat, but they're also hard to watch, as you yeah, say. Yeah, no, exactly. They are. What about the fans tomorrow night, Jim? Do you see, you mentioned the fans, lack of fans from the two teams, European teams. I mean, France and England. Are we expecting a big crowd, or is it just the cost and everything about it that makes it unlikely? I think there will be a. I think there'll be a big crowd of England supporters. Um, a lot of the England fans that I'd come across. Um, that I was speaking to when I was out there uh, had come who were expats working in Dubai or working in Saudi. A lot of people have, have done that. And I think a lot of them will will come up and will have bought tickets for this. Um, not that many coming from England because it is so phenomenally expensive. Uh, but I suspect there'll be a lot of England support there. There was more England support uh, in, in the last 16 than there was for France. Uh, you know, I think I think the Europeans are finding it an expensive trip. Definitely. The uh, It's interesting. Gareth Southgate has been promising, Jim, that England will be bold in tomorrow's game. He does take a bit of stick for being a touch conservative at times, but he, we he shall, says they we shall gonna, see. they're going to get on the front foot. I mean, you know, sometimes it depends on the pattern of the match and on these sort of things. But, you know, that's effectively what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think, it, I mean, one of the things that you can do, uh, listen, how would I know? But one of the things you can do to control Kylian Mbappe is to attack. So mm. he's got to drop back and help his defence. You know, he's he's not a player who doesn't get involved with, with, with supporting his, his back line. So if you attack their fullback, he's got to get back to help. And that 
in a sense, relieves you at the back. So I think attack in this case is the best form of defence. But Gareth Southgate has always been a cautious man. I'd be very surprised if they threw. Uh, the thing about England, though, I think one of the things that's really changed uh, under Gareth Southgate is the strength in depth. You know, they've got they've got a real bench. You know, we could argue. Till, till probably till tomorrow morning. We could probably argue till kickoff about who should be in the front three. Mm. You know, should it be Foden? Should it be Saka? Should it be uh, Grealish? Should, should it be Sterling? But actually, over the course of the 90 minutes or possibly 120 minutes, he'll probably use all five of them. Six of them will come on. Uh, and, and that's a real opportunity he's got. So I think he'll start cautiously. But, you know, things might get unleashed towards the end of the uh, the game because he can he can bring on such resources, can't he? He can. Yeah. One of the things, it's interesting that you should say that, Jim, because for many years I used to contend that uh, people would say, oh, the Premier League is so bad for England. There's so many foreign players. And I used to say to Paul, yeah, but hang on a minute. The players who English players who do play in the Premier League at this standard are going to be really good. Otherwise, they're not going to play. And I think that's been borne out. That's absolutely right. I mean, Phil Foden is spoken about across Europe. You know, people, people, you know, get in touch with uh, international colleagues at Manchester City and say, you know, Foden, wow, what a player uh, he is. They, they, they really, really admire him and 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 enjoy his his presence. I mean, it's uh, it's an, you know, without question, uh, they're getting more. Uh, together, more organised, uh, and 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 better players coming through. And now you are a Manchester United fan, Jim, as well. And um, there's a few stories today suggesting that PSG may make a move on Marcus Rashford. You know, now just at the point where he's got his mojo back. <laughs> um, I mean, how are you feeling about that? They've got to lock him down soon, haven't they? Really? You're yeah. So, contract. so they've got Neymar. Messi and Mbappe, and they, you know, Rashford's <laughs> going to get a lot of games in that team, isn't he? I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's it's been good for Rashford this tournament. I think he really has signalled hmm. that he is he is a, a proper player. Um, what, what I really like about England, and I think this is down to, um, I think this is down to Southgate, is how much they enjoy themselves. You know, you can see it with with Rashford in there. He, he's he's really enjoying hmm. it time and um, you know when you see things like Henderson and Bellingham celebrating together uh, this is a bunch who support each other and want to be there and I think that is an environment that has really improved Rashford's game and if he takes that back to Man United it's it's going to you know make a great second half of the season I don't think PSG will come in for him um, in January I can't see that happening and I can't see him going either Um, but then I'm usually wrong, Paul. So as you know, you <laughs> spoke to me often enough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you must have uh, appreciated Portugal without Ronaldo, because I said to Paul during the game that they're like United; they're better off without him. Incredible that wasn't it? And the lad, I mean, right down to the fact that the lad who replaced him scored a hat trick. I mean, uh, talk about that. I mean, you were saying there that Neymar uh, said he wasn't going to play another international game. Messi, he's still in there. He's hoping to go out at the top with the fight. He, he's not going to be around. Clearly, Ronaldo may not even make the semi-final. Um, sorry, may not even make the quarter-final mm. uh, tomorrow. No, probably not. So he that, will, come on. that old, uh, uh, you know, the old um, Ballon d'Or group, yeah. uh, Neymar, Messi and Ronaldo, they're, they're moving on. 
they're definitely moving on. And who's coming through? Well, clearly Mbappe's at the at the head of the pack, isn't he? Yeah, he absolutely. Is. So, um, just finally, Jim, I mean, let's get a pre- let's get a prediction from you um, on tomorrow. What do you reckon? Oh, don't put me in this position. <laughs> I. Uh, I, I fear, but all oh, right, it's going to be two one France. I, I fear it. I really <laughs> okay. do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, shall I be more? Shall I be more? Uh, you know, no, you've got to be no, honest. No, 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 the no, glorious no. failure route is that? Yeah. Is that what I you're think so? Yeah. I, I just, I just, I think. Listen, I saw um, France against Poland, and Mbappe just scored two goals where he had no room, no time, nothing. Mm. He just smacked the ball like it. It could have. It could have. Could have drilled it through a brick wall. He hit it yeah. so hard. That's, That's what I fear. And yeah, I know Carl Walker has in in the past uh, kept him under wraps. Um, but you know, I, I just I think I think he he really fancies this mm. tournament uh, as being his time. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. So, Andy, we were chatting to Eric earlier on about the relationship between some of the uh, French players and the English players. They know each other. And one that didn't immediately come to mind, but obviously makes sense, is the friendship between Kieran Trippier and Antoine Griezmann. Uh, They played together at Atletico, of course. And uh, they used to have barbecues together. Yes. Uh, But uh, Kieran Trippier has revealed that his nickname, he says, Greasy is a great guy. Greasy. Greasy. Yeah. It's not great. Not like the Saint and Greasy. Saint and Greasy, yeah. yeah they, but I just, they'd be great. But the idea of you're having a barbecue, the last thing you want is saying Greasy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sausages weren't like that. Karen, but Greasy is a, a quite terrible nickname. Karen used to say to him, you crack me up, Greasy. They're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all oh, Greasy. Yeah. Um, Harry Maine and... Um, oh, God. And what's his name? Chesney Hawks have been driving us absolutely potty once again. The sun won't let it lie. Um, they're saying now that Balthazar, the cockerel um, that's owned by uh, Clement Tomaszewski, which is not a name I particularly want to hear before in England, Matt, but that's his name. He owns this cockerel. When the cockerel crows, yeah. they win. When it doesn't, and he's he's gone home with a cockerel, old uh, Balthazar's gone home to wherever yeah, he, he lived. Yeah, and they're saying, yeah. and because Chesney is still there with Harry Main, the bloke who's sweating cobs in that big, <laughs> thick lion outfit. <laughs> Been wearing every day for a month. He must stink from what's it the breakfast time, must he really now? This poor fella in that suit. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so the, the sun are still absolutely hammering that. We've now got um, this Camilla the Psychic Camel has been usurped okay. by Alfie the Alpaca. The alpaca. Yeah. Alfie the Alpaca has gone with. Uh, um, oh, they should do cricket. Don't you think Kerry the Alpaca? Could do like <laughs> I think England will beat Pakistan in the second yeah, test. Look. <laughs> that, that would, yeah, look, it's a win for England. Yeah, and that would a, work. A psyche who's predicted major events such as 9-11 and Princess Diana's death. Says England will win the World Cup. You know, it oh. doesn't normally deal in lightweight matters. No, he doesn't. Anthony Core, Anthony Core, Anthony Carr, 79. Right. Said, uh, I had a flash of the Falklands War in 1980. He's quite grim, oh, isn't he? Cool. He's like the, the old Medusa man. Was that Richard Burton film? No, look at that from Paul the Octopus. No, it's Paul the Octopus. That's right. Yeah, blimey. That volcano's about to erupt. And prophet, the Octopus Prophet of Doom. That would be terrible, wouldn't it, really? Anyway. So, um, so yes, tomorrow. 
Uh, we've got uh, Portugal, Morocco, and as we were saying earlier on, who knows what sort of Portugal we'll get when it's when we get to a knockout. I mean, I strongly yeah, fancy Portugal. In yeah, that game. I think Morocco have been really good, but if they play they if Portugal, play with the freedom they did the other day, which yeah. as I said is harder to do uh, at the knockout stage. Yeah, then, then we've got a game on our hands, uh, and they should be pretty good. And if they keep playing like that, they are a threat. And then of course England versus France. And I can understand Jim White going down the heroic failure route. I don't know. I'm feeling strangely optimistic. I, I am too, yeah. which is not like me. I, th- no. I, think, I think England's going to win. I do. Yeah. I, I think it won't be I, a tall surprise we do it in extra time. It could be like a 3 2. I think there'll be goals in it. I think there will. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah. yeah. And, and tonight's was a good game. So, you know, there have been some excellent football. There's no question yeah. about that. It's not all been Croatia. No. That's <laughs> well, uh, that is us. We'll be good. back in the studio uh, on Monday. Uh, so this is the last of the podcast only oh, yeah. podcasts. We are yeah. done with the, with these uh, the back home podcast remotely. So we do hope you've enjoyed them. Uh, there is always a podcast. Whenever we finish the the show, the regular one till four show on TalkSport, we always put out a sort of half hour, 35 minute or so podcast of the best bit. So if you'd only sort of signed up for these because we were podcast only and you can't always listen to the show, then stick around. Um, we'll still be bringing you uh, regular podcasts wherever you got this one. So, uh, uh, but for now... Um, we uh, will say goodbye and enjoy the game and uh, on Monday back in the Talk Sports studios we'll be uh, picking over all the results from the weekend and of course keep it Talk Sport all the commentaries the guys doing a great job out there and all the remaining games will be live on Talk Sport Talk Sport Hawksby and Jacobs daily World Cup podcast from Talk Sport 